Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of An Author's Kiss, right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I am your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Erica Ramsey Bowen. She says you can sum her up in just a few words, a work in progress. Well, isn't that all of us? We're all a work in progress, and we are never quite finished. And that's okay, because... It's always that creativity of what's next for us. Where else are we going? She identifies as she, her, as self-employed, African-American artist, illustrator, and a writer. Uh, she was born to parents in Durham, North Carolina in the 70s. So she's a 70s chick, far out, babe. And she believes in uh, <laughs> the civil rights movement and integration of schools. And, uh, you know, we're going to, a child of tomorrow, which I do believe actually is very much the 70s was the birthing of the children of tomorrow that were going to be a part of the change that was to come. And, you know, words after my own heart, um, the art of allowing. And that is something very, very close to me because we need to step into allowing. We're so busy dictating. Well, it should be and it's got to be. And, and I want it this way. And the universe is going, ha, 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 ha. Okay, we'll give it to you the way you need it. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Erica. Thank you so much, Sarah. It is a pleasure and a privilege to be here with you and everyone else. Uh, yes, and I love the flower in the hair. I've got the flowers over here. You've got it in the hair. So we're, we're in full bloom here. <laughs> <laughs> the art of allowing. Uh, it's, people don't realize, actually, it is stepping into an art, isn't it? You know, when you surrender and you, you, know, you can put out your desires, you can put out your heart's desires, but then you have to step out of your way and allow it to happen. Yes. That is actually the biggest life lesson I've had to date. Mm -hmm. I've been on this planet almost, almost, not quite, 49 years. And so I a little thought, one. Eh, it's just a little <laughs> blip in the, in the radar of being. And uh, I have to tell you how long I fought everything. Mm -hmm. And the moment that I let it all go and just started stepping into what I thought I wanted to do for real and not make believe, and all of a sudden, things began to happen. What? <laughs> because I was getting in my own way so daggone much for all of my life. It was almost like uh, if you had kept up with uh, some sort of bad uh, pay-per-view fight from day one of my birth, and you're like, oh, there she goes again. She's stepping into her, oh, another uppercut <laughs> to her own jaw. <laughs> it was terrible. Yes. Terrible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, it's been um, very interesting this past two years in particular. It felt very much uh, like I could breathe again, which is weird because that's when the world started to kind of go to hell in a handbasket, so to speak. And everyone else was freaking out. And um, I'm feeling like uh, a participate on the sidelines watching it all unfold mm -hmm. because I'm used to this. I'm used to the uncertainty, um, the fear actually being comfortable, being uncomfortable and all these little buzzwords that people want to use, but it's actually, it's the truth yeah. that I'm okay yeah. with that. 
you know, being, being uncomfortable. I mean, that, that is, when we do step into our comfortability, that's that our rhetoric moments, um, our uncomfortability isn't something to be afraid of. It's just always propelling us forward. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you came up with a word before we started the show. I love it. Come on. Your, your statement for the situation we're in right now is? Pandemic patience. What? <laughs> Double entendre there too, because uh, you have the patience of the pandemic. Um, but we also need patience in this pandemic. And um, this pandemic is this heightened state of the way we really live our lives daily anyway, isn't it? It's just everything is just on extreme. And it, we can panic about it. And as I was saying before we went on the air, you know, I, I'm doing all these wonderful positive shows on, but every now and again, you know, it, it gets hold of you and goes, you know, you're still in the uncertainty too. There's still that little bit of a panic there, even though you keep suppressing it down. And sometimes <laughs> we, we just need to like, ah, freak out and let it go. <laughs> that is, and then have a sense of humor about it. You yeah. Know, it's going to be so ungraceful when you do let go. And, and no matter how upset you are, you're going to, you know, I honor that. I honor the upset. I'm not making light of it at all. But I gave the example yesterday on a call and I shared it. I'm blunt. I lost, as I say it, and excuse my uh, parents out there, earmuffs. I lost my proverbial shit, as they yes. say down here in Atlanta, one day because I went in the freezer and, uh, you know, I've been sheltering in place, which uh, normally is fine. I work for myself, but I had two other souls here walking around in my space for three weeks in a row without relief. And so I go into the freezer to check something out. And it... Oh, you've lost you. We've lost you. We've lost I'm you. I'm not there. Hello? Yep. yep. You dropped. Sorry. You went into the freezer. Can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> and everything was crammed in there, which set off my OCD mm. to the nth degree. And I began, Sarah, to execute the most perfect pitching arm and throwing frozen vegetables as hard <laughs> as I could, screaming at the top of my lungs, I'm about to lose my shit. Well, actually, newsflash, I was already losing it because <laughs> vegetables were a flying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was not pretty. And I even called my husband to warn him. I said, if I were you, I wouldn't come home in the next 15 to 20 minutes. And I figure out that's about the time it's going to take for me to empty this freezer by chucking all the contents against the cabinet. And he was like, okay, we've been through this before. But Be it was warned. building up. It was building up. And I just, I mean, it was that moment. I was just like, I'm going to let this go. This is, yes. this is like beyond. Yes. And um, so, yeah. So, I, you know, and for those of you who are worried and concerned, like, it wasn't food that would have fed the homeless or the hungry. It was actually right. stuff that honestly needed to go in the trash. And that's another part of why I was so upset. And I was just like, you know, she whines, she pitches. And once again, it's no hitter across the plate into the microwave. But. Well, we need to find that release because if we don't, it's going to manifest in other ways. It's either going to come back on our health or somewhere yes. along the line, we're going to lose our temper unreasonably and spend it on someone else. So, you know, now and again, if, if you just feel it boiling up, you know, I, I had a friend that um, used to go jogging to a local bridge and hmm. uh, it was a bridge that was, had the highway. Um, it was a highway type bridge and underneath was a train and she used to go there so she could scream and then just scream on the top of her lungs and feel a lot better. And I know it's a bit hard right now because we can't go anywhere. And if you did start screaming in your apartment or your house, people will call the police. Um, <laughs> 
you both. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know um, one of the things I used to do with my kids that drove them crazy when I wanted their attention, but it's also a great release. I started singing opera, you know, so <laughs> find your release. That <laughs> isn't going to cause cops a panic, but find your release. Yes. Because if you yeah. don't, it's just bubbling up, right? Yes. And, you know, you're going to squash it down and you're going to squash it down. And sometimes, almost about 99% of the time, you're, you're going to squash it down with something that's so totally unhealthy. Yeah. You know, it's going to yeah. be too much food, too much drink, or too much video games, or, you know, too much yeah. whatever. So Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that too much of anything leads to a frustration, um, but it also leads to a lack of gratitude, doesn't it? You know, when you have yeah. too much of one thing, it's too easy, you know, you start looking at it as, as not being valuable anymore. And I think this is why so-called challenges or struggles, whichever you list, you know, and, and then we get there and we have that moment of triumph, mm -hmm. which I'm sure as an illustrator and a writer, you get those epiphany moments or you get those completion moments. And, yes. and it's like, ah, oh, this was worth all the struggle. This was worth all the challenges. And if you didn't have those, where would you have that etheric moment? I, I don't know. I mean, I've never had kids, but I have a ton of friends when they have their little tiny humans, mm -hmm. they say that that is the most magnificent yeah. defining moment. Yeah. And it's worth all of the crazy nine or sometimes with my mom, 10 months prior mm -hmm. to the arrival. And I understand that I can get that the pain, the, the frustration, the scared, the fear, the fear, you know, and all of that. So for you to have that product of a perfectly wonderful little human being or a wonderful book or a wonderful cake or whatever your passion is, uh, it's worth all of it. Yeah. And you, and you immediately forget all the tears and anger. And when you see that, like when I see my book, it's just like with the baby, I count the toes, yes. I flip the pages, <laughs> I check the spelling, I coo, I go, <laughs> it's your baby. It truly is. You've baby. given birth to it, you yes. know, and, I've given birth three times and, and um, you know, they're all in their thirties now. And so, wow. you know, a lot of my gray hairs have their name on it, but uh, three wonderful children, they really are. And there is that something when you're holding that child, but it's also, it's not ever the same quite feeling because when you're holding a natural life, you've carried for that amount of time. But, um, but when you're holding something else that you've achieved, and, and if that achievement is that somebody else has sees that achievement. We all are looking for some form of validation or gratification. And it's not so much the ego thing. It's just to know we're on the right track. And what we're doing is actually having an impact because we all want to have an impact on something. We want to feel that we are contributing in some way, right? And your chosen <laughs> path is the writing and the illustrating. That is your gift to society. Mm-hmm. Now that's magnificent. You know what? I've never heard this is going to sound horrible and please don't flame me viewers for even thinking this all of a sudden after all this stuff that we just talked about, but it just, <laughs> I just had my epiphany of, I never thought of it before of having children as a gift to the universe or as a gift to the world. And I thought, Hmm, wow, you just hit me upside the head with that. I just was like, I'm just thinking like kids are like, you know, like, yeah, we have a kid. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, Completely family. Yay. But you're right. It is the biggest ultimate trust to have a tiny human that you foster and put out in the world and have them be a complete human being. That's huge. But I mean, you're one on of the heels of Mother's Day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're one of the gifts. And I think that's one of the things is what is your instrument in life? You know, this, this whole network is called self-discovery. You know, we go on the self-discovery from the moment we're born to understand why we're here. 
What is our why story? You know, why are we doing what we're doing? Is it meaningful? Is it purposeful? Is it contributing? Is it something we can stand by? Is it an instrument that can join an orchestra? You know, and this is the journey of life. And we're going to have many chapters and many areas in, in our life of discovery. And each time you have that discovery, each time that you birth that idea or you have that achievement, whether it's, you know, just learning to get up and actually take those first steps to birthing a book, you know, that same moment of pride and achievement and, and, you know, it's like the entire spine, the whole chakra mm -hmm. just lines right up. And yes. it's, and it's, you know, that it's a gift that has come from your heart. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. I'm good. You just basically ministered to me there. And uh, wow, that's like, I'm in a meditation for the next three weeks. It really is. I never thought of it in those terms, you know. And, and the mm. thing is, it's also not to dictate how the gift is. You know, you're writing a certain genre, right? right? You're, you're writing it to a certain audience. It, right. There are, what, 7 trillion people on the world. It's not for everybody. It's for those right. that are ready to read and receive. It is a gift to them. And if it was a one stroke that, that brushed all, you know, then we wouldn't have creativity. And right. the whole thing about creativity is you're speaking to your particular audience. And, you know, not everybody's going to be a JK Rowling, you know, and, uh, and, and you're still now, what, 20 some years later, they're still banning her books from certain schools because right. of witchcraft, you know? <laughs> so, the thing is, it doesn't, if you've, I always say to everything, if you're going into something for fame and glory or money, you're missing mm -hmm. the point of the gift of what you're doing. Yes. And you're not going to enjoy it. No. At all. No. So here's a fun fact for you, Sarah. And for those of you who are intrigued or perhaps fascinated by the fact that, oh, Erica's a children's book artist and illustrator and writer. Wow. Well, how very glamorous. Well, I'm self-pubbing and the numbers for self-publishing are thus. So if you're envisioning fame glory mm. fortune the average uh self-published author sells about 250 books you can look that stat up online and uh if i shared with you how many hours it takes me to create an illustration and write and actually have it edited by my wonderful team uh and my friends and you would actually probably make a lot more money working part-time at a local uh you know, drugstore part-time, you'd make more money. It's yeah. not about the money. Yeah. It never was about the money. And if it is about the money, you can immediately tell it. My audience is quite critical. Uh, all readers are, but children in particular, oh, yes. uh, know when they're being uh, lied to and marketed <laughs> to and cosseted and coddled. Yeah. And some people could say, well, that's because they're so savvy these days. And I'm like, mm -mm, I was that way too. I knew when I was being yeah. fed, nasty goods in a book and i immediately would chuck it aside i was an avid reader so i have to be very honest and very clear because i respect and honor my tiny humans who like my books right right yes well they're your children in many ways you know um that you are writing to i always say that a very good children's book is that when an adult is reading that book and they learn the lesson at the same yes. time you know, it's yeah. in, um, I love metaphorical <laughs> books. You know, I love youth books because mm -hmm. for, you know, for me, it's, it's, um, 
it's taking a journey and, and reflection, you know, seeing a lot yeah. within myself. And I think this is what kids want is that relatability. You know, they either are the hero or they're this or they're that in the book and they want to feel that an identification. They want to feel it could be them. Uh, they are so quick to learn from it. And if, um, even if the kid is reading it on their own, I will suggest parent, parent to read it so you can yes. have a conversation with your child about it because your perspective yeah. of what you're going to receive from it is going to be different from the child's. But what a wonderful conversation opener. Yes, I absolutely echo that because these are the... Uh, the worlds that your child is inhabiting. So um, the other thing about it is that for me, I actually shared with someone when I was a child, a book was the safest place mm. to go. And yeah. I would reread certain books over and over again, A, because they're well-written, but B, because I knew I could count on the same characters doing exactly what they say they're going to do. I could count on the same worlds being the same. Nothing ever disappoints it or fell apart or flaked out. So kids can look to books for reliability and the characters for them to be exactly who they say they are, which in this day and age is a huge support for children. So parents, children. <laughs> I, I would encourage you to definitely read along, man. The literature that's out these days too, amazing. Mm, <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. Yes, I was actually yes. talking online on Twitter to one of my favorite artists, and he, he's a, yeah, so Dabo Adiola and Nathan Bryant wrote Look Up. I was like, I'm a fangirl of theirs. And so mm -hmm. they have another one coming up coming called Clean Up, but they, um, it's just an adorable little girl who loves space, and she has a sidekick. It's a cat. And, um, and I was just loving it because I was talking about when I was, that age group, I would have died three times over to see a little star of a book who was uh, about outer space with her little space helmet, her little space suit, her cat. And, uh, and it's a great story, well-written. But um, I was just giving them props because I'm like, once again, you guys are, are coming out with your second book and a little girl out there in the world is going to be so excited and delighted to see herself and her cat. <laughs> yeah. You know, yes. talking about these things that are impacting her in the world. So... I, you know, I, I love introduce, uh, interviewing authors and, you know, especially of children's books. Um, there's another author who, you know, wrote about an African-American kid who, you know, uh, Laurie goes to Paris and Laurie goes to Copenhagen. And, and it's all about that travel because they don't always see African-American children traveling right. you know and experiencing right. the world and and um you know there's a lot of beautiful stories that people have written of children and, and so you know it's it's not like i'm going to sit and write a children's book sometimes it's just the story comes into the head and it has to be propelled and there was um one person i interviewed who'd been um in marketing but she, as a child she used to write stories all the time and then she grew up went to college went did the marketing <laughs> job and then one day she's in a traffic jam and the story's coming out and she's run out of paper she's writing it on her arm you know and and because and, it had to come out and it was like i have to do this and now you know she is this prolific uh, child writer and uh, she wears funny wigs and colors and everything else to kind of play the part with it as well and it's the world she was always meant to be in but yes. the world she went in just helped kind of perfect the world that she's in. So she knew how to market her own product. That's a lot of the problem with, with authors today. And the reason why they're not getting read is because the whole marketing side of it is, is totally different, isn't it? I'm so glad you touched on that because I want to go back to the analogy of the kid 
it's like I've seen this happen, and this is actually what is very, very good that you mentioned this because I mentioned the process right now of launching my marketing campaign for my own book that I illustrated and wrote. So up until now, I've always had the books that I illustrated that other people wrote. But I came from a similar kind of situation where for 20 years I'm in corporate and I worked for some of the best and brightest out there in terms of executives. I worked for who the person who is now the CEO of Domino's, for example. I was one of his assistants. Um, you know, I worked at a consulting firm. A lot of familiar names you'd seen marching around there if you look that up. But I utilized that and leveraged that mm -hmm. to make sure I put my book out there in the best possible way. Because if I don't, it's the equivalent of you give birth to the baby. Yeah. And then you just kind of toss it in the corner. Good luck to you, kid. Hope you grow up fine. <laughs> you know, you've done yeah. all this work nurturing yes. this beautiful creation along. And you got to get out in the world, right? So what are you going to do? Are you going to sit there and be like, no, dude, you've got more work to do. The work is not over once you're done publishing. It's like, and she published and it was done. And there was another one on Amazon. Oh, good luck to you. No, yes, that's yes. not going to happen. Yeah. And, and we don't have traditional publishers anymore. You know, my brother's a writer as well, and he's um, written many, many books. But for a while there, for a few years, he did a lot of youth genre. And uh, cool. I, again, I love them. You know, you talk about Cat, you know, the girl and the cat blue and, and going into different dimensions, different worlds, all sorts of adventures. Absolutely wonderful. I love them. Every time I read them, I soak them up. And, but, you know, one of his problems is he's old school and, uh, and, it, and he just doesn't know how to market himself. And, you know, he was with a publisher that took five years to publish his one book, his first book. And there was a trilogy. They only did two. Wow. And so he wow. did the third one himself and they won't give him back his first two books. So, <gasps> you know, uh, the thing about self-publishing, because one thing you've got to remember, even if somebody's doing the publishing for you, you still got to go and do the promotion. So yes. there are a lot of people who can publish for you that are more independent, not the old traditional houses. And in part of the package is that where they are going to promote you and yes. they're going to campaign for you because as you said, that's, you've got this nugget, nugget just waiting to be shared and yes. how are you going to get it out there? You've also got yeah. the writers who become very protective. Oh, no, no, I, I, I don't want anyone to read it. You know, why did you write it? <laughs> or they're scared of social media and I'm going, yeah. The world is out there with its sabers and it's, and it's, and it's, you know, all kinds of like, there's trolls, there's all kinds yeah. of horrible things out there, but you really cannot base your decisions based on fear. You really cannot coddle your book so daggone much that you, it never sees the light of day. Cause then you're no better than that crazy mom who locked yeah. your kid up till he's 33 and pizza in a basement. Like yeah. let it breathe. Yes. Let it go. Yes. Allow. Yeah. Allow, <laughs> allow, 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 allow. Yeah. The allow. art of allowing. But you know, it's also right. got to remember that all of these social medias are on an algorithm. Yes. So if you're not buying into the hysteria and the hate and the this and that, and you're only friending yes. people that are, have chosen to be more in the light, then those are the people that are going to escalate and keep going. I at least work an hour a day, at least on social media. It's part of my networking. And I am there That's interacting awesome. with people. Right? Yes. And that is one of the things you've got to understand. It's part of the job in getting anything, whether it's a book or anything else out there, right? It's yeah. not like, hallelujah, here I am, come and get me. <laughs> Stand in oh, line. I'm sit here in my room and wait for the world to discover me. Yes, <laughs> yes. 
Prince Charming at the door, sets. knocking the door down, right? Yeah, right. Okay. that's fairy so tale, Shelley babes. Uses yeah, <laughs> she uses that for the, for the search for the relationship when Shelly Nagelow, you've had her on, on your show, yes, and she yes. talks about the, the relationship and how, you know, how are you going to get the relationship that works if you're just sitting in your bedroom yeah. waiting for Mr. or Mrs. or whoever to arrive? It's not going to happen. Yes, I, I had them on this last week, um, the two of them, Tom and, and Shelley, talking Lovely. about their 49-year marriage and how around the 14, 15-year break, you know, they, they you even got to talking divorce. And it wasn't that they yeah. still didn't love each other, they had disconnected. And they had to take their individual journey to come yes. back, to create a wholeness between them. And it was so beautiful because she is literally folded into him. You know, the yes. whole way through. And it's either like, you yes. know, 49 years of marriage. And they joke they got married at two. <laughs> <laughs> Which you would think when you yes, see them. Yes, you're looking like, at yeah, 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 exactly. Right. I mean, she looks, oh, yeah, exactly. Vibrancy, um, yes. And I've interviewed her four times now. And Tom's coming up um, again um, on there this Great. week. Same as you. And, and um, it'd be three times now with him. And they're just a, an incredible copy, couple. But through their own admittance, they've worked on it. And that's the thing. It, it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're an author or whatever you're doing in life, you've got to understand that you need to work on it. And if it's an uphill climb all the time, then maybe this isn't the hill that you're meant to climb. But right. it, you, know, you can't expect someone to love you unless you have found that love of self. You can't expect your readers to read your book if you don't put your book out there in that same loving energy and the way that yes. you wrote it. Yes. And what is, I mean, uh, the, uh, you know, to be, to be, I guess, buzzwordy, but we, we do use this word. What is your intention? Yes. I don't care if it's a, I don't care if it's a silly book about a dwarf that decides to hoard gold and there's a unicorn that, you know, wants to like take it to the bank. I don't know, but whatever it is, what is the intention of this book? What is the feeling that you want your little readers out there to feel the moment that they see the cover of that book and they open that book? And what is it that you want them to carry with them? You know, there are phrases in my mind that to this day, I can recall exactly verbatim from, from literature I read as a child. Yes. Uh, yes. Know, Marie Sendak, who I did not know until I was an adult, who was um, a victim of the Holocaust, was one of my favorite illustrators. And to this day, I can see the little tiny alligators he drew in the book, No Fighting, No Biting. And it was a story within a story, which I also love that format very mm. much of a babysitter who was talking to two small children and telling them different stories about these alligators that were quarrelsome. I mean, those are the kind of things that stay with me as an adult. Yeah. Isn't that intense? Yes. You know? but, 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 you know, you're seeding. Every time you read a book or, you, or a child reads a book, you're seeding. You're seeding right. an idea. You're seeding a, a principle. You're seeding inspiration. And so, you know, right. this is why books are so important, you know, and you've got kids that read them on the tablet. I'm still prefer a book. <laughs> you know, I'm the old broad. I, I still too. like that there. Um, you know, and still having that kid on the lap and reading the book. Yeah. And, you know, I was, um, when my kids were young, until the third one came along, because then it just kind of threw everything out. But um, <laughs> I would sit them on my lap and, and tell them a story every night. But it was a story around what had happened in the day. And both of them were a part of the story. That's awesome. <laughs> right? So they were kind of the heroes or the naughty ones or the this and the that. But <laughs> they were the story, right? <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, and they, and, they, and they, they liked that, you know, and they, they loved to read on their own. 
Um, <clears throat> but they like the, uh, the the storytelling. We all love storytelling. Why do we watch TV and movies? You know, why do we do watch blogs or read blogs or podcasts or anything else? We love storytelling, and we love to hear how other people have gone through things and how they've triumphed because it's always an encouragement to us that it doesn't matter how dark it gets or how hard it gets we can always triumph over a situation we can always be our own hero our own heroine and it's up to us how we're willing to battle through and that's why those stories always stay with us right right i mean the the, the birth of art you know for those of you who have not had the thrill of sitting in an art history survey class at 8 a.m. on a Friday morning when you're a college student. Uh, 8 a.m.? Uh, <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I'll tell you that another time, what I had to do, the, the machinations that had to ensue for me to stay awake during that sucker. Mm -hmm. But what fascinated me were the caves in Lascaux, France, which are the big line drawings of bison and stick figures on the ceilings in these caves that were down like you're, you're going a bit warped there love just repeat that i said i'm sorry it's okay you're just going a bit warped it sounded, it sounded very far out there but it just were <laughs> jurassic park version of yeah uh, it was then the Lascaux caves are these caves in mm. France. I've never been there. Um, but, you know, they're prehistoric. Uh, someone took the time and effort, prehistoric man or prehistoric woman, took the time and effort to climb down deep into these rocky caves with different pigments and with some sort of light, probably pitch on some sort of like you know, animal fat burning, painted these bison and these figures. And it was important enough to take them away from hunting for food or providing for their tribe to put these stories up on the walls. If that doesn't tell you the importance of stories, frankly, I have no idea what will. Yeah. That we had these people who are fighting for survival who took the time to tell the stories on, in these pictures. And whether it was religious ritual to help with the hunt or to summon the food or the harvest, who knows? But it's still a story that they took the time to create, yeah. right? And the campfire. You know, yeah. stories have been shared around the campfire since the beginning of time. And, you know, a story then gets shared. Of course, it gets either exaggerated or diluted. You know, it never is quite the same story as we know. But, <laughs> you know, but, but the point is the story continues on. And in, in a way, don't we want our story to continue on beyond us? Yes. It's the, it's the, it's the best form of immortality you don't have to drink blood and glitter in the sun <laughs> <laughs> you can just have a nice healthy piece of literature out there or a film or a, a you know anything a lot of things tell stories so you know your story might be a recipe handed yeah. down from generations I know people who are very very protective of their recipes you know from great-grandma so-and-so mm -hmm who has this pound cake recipe, I'll cut you, you know, if I, you know, like you and here in the South, in, in America, we are something about our recipes and our stories. We love telling our stories and we love our recipes. Mm -hmm. So those are almost sacred. And mm -hmm. yes, but yeah. That's, share, that's share the story um, of the book that you've written that's uh, coming out when? 
Okay, so those are two great questions. The first part of it is tell the story. Um, I'll tell the story within the story. I was a child in the 70s, like I said. The best example I had at that time of a child that looked something like me was A Snowy Day, okay? Which is a beautifully done book, and everyone to this day still reads A Snowy Day. But the star of A Snowy Day is not a little girl, certainly not one that grew up in the South in America. So I just kind of like, you don't ever out loud as a child ask, you just absorb. And mm -hmm. something told me that I would We've lost you again. probably not see a child that looks like me. All right. I just wouldn't. All right. Sorry, I'll try this again. <laughs> is this better? <laughs> yep, yep. And something told me I would not see a child that looked like me. So I just accepted that. And as I got older, you know, adult literature had a, a, a lot more diversity. I kind of let that be. I was still writing stories, but it was kind of like for fun. My niece, at the age of around 10 or 11, started getting into Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm a huge Potterhead. Mm -hmm. I love Harry mm -hmm. Potter. Mm -hmm. By the way, Luna Lovegood, my favorite character. Mm -hmm. I love her. So we were talking, and then all of a sudden, she, <laughs> she stops and she says, Auntie E, why aren't there any little African-American girls who are wizards? And I was like, oh, dear God, we're still here. And yeah. I started doing some research then. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna write you a story, Marissa. So I wrote her her own story, which is this story. Well, I put it in a cabinet. Yes. And there it's that. Yeah. For 10 Waiting to be birthed. Years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, the muse, by the way, your muse will get tired of you and eventually flit off and find somebody else who will yeah. tell the story. So muses don't, they do have expiration dates. So the muse, whatever muse it was, was like, oh, she's probably in a self-help group right now with other muses. <laughs> but, um, about... Yeah, and then she didn't write. I know, right? Don't you hate that? You go through all the trouble of giving the little entire story and then you don't flip it, write it? Like, you can see this, like, muse, like, intervention group. But last year, I finally stepped out into being who I was. So I quit my corporate job. I quit my, you know, my nine to fiver and just took the leap of faith. And in the middle of it, I stumbled across an article, which every year they publish the statistics for diversity in literature all over the world. So in the, in the, in the UK, they, they publish, by the way, the numbers are pretty daggone dismal here in America but they're even worse in the UK. I never would have thought it. It's mm. like less than 1%, less than 1% of children's literature is, uh, rep has representation for a child of color who is uh, possibly male. Um, it's like the unicorn of children's literature. If you find a book with a little, a little brown boy, it's like who's the protagonist and not the, the supporting yeah. character. Yeah. It's like a unicorn. Yeah. It's like the worst possible representation ever. And who's in trouble right now? I won't go down that road, but I will say, why are we having these esteem issues with our young people who are, you know, African-American male? You, anyway, I'll put that over there. No, 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 no. Let's, let, let's address that for a moment. We'll go back to the book in a second. Okay. Because, again, reflection. And, yes. you know, in, in TV shows and movies and books and everything, it's, you know, African-American are always the bad guys. 
and mm -hmm. you know always the gang uh, the gang people the this and that so when you actually do see a story of them being the hero or them stepping up or them doing this or becoming president you know right. it, 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 it is like see they can be something else and it's yes. like everybody can be something else if you stop pigeonholing them if you start yes. igniting that creativity and opening up the doors for them and stop closing them because of the pigment of their skin yes and we just had a, a really awful, awful, awful example of what happens when you just look at melanin here in yes. Georgia. Yes. And I don't even, you, you yeah. have to know that it doesn't just help us to see ourselves in a book. It helps others understand, oh, oh, okay. A little brown boy could be perfectly fine out in the world, being the leader, being in charge, you know, nothing to fear absolutely amazing so many talents and gifts that he can bring but will we ever know that if we're too busy sticking him in this category over here yes no yes. we won't we won't you know, we'll have a, more tragedies yeah yeah I've, you know, i did an article which is coming up on another uh, blog network um, but it's you know uh, i want a world uh, that is colorless and, you know, and mm -hmm. the, the color of your skin is a lot to do with pigmentation, all to do with pigmentation, but also cultural. So I'm yes. the culture that you come from. Um, yes. But it's who you are from the inside out that I see. And if we all saw each other from the inside out, what is the heart and the spirit and the soul content of you? How are you there being contributor in the world? And, you know, if you are coming from a culture, that's the flavor in which you're doing it in. But it's, you know, let us stop seeing each other from the vessel that we're in and start seeing each other from what is contained within the vessel. Or if you are so incredibly fascinated with the vessel, which some people are, yeah, understand that there is a level of beauty that has been dictated by certain European yes. aesthetics. For example, if someone were to come to me at this point in my life and say to me, would you like to be a Caucasian, Eric? I would say, hell no. I love my warm, rich caramel skin, mm -hmm. my screwy, kinky, curly hair, <laughs> my dark brown eyes. Yeah. I love how tall I am, how hippie I am. I love the fact that my ancestors did some amazing, amazing stuff. No. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think I'm we're losing you again, love. Lovely. And there's people, and this I'm excited about is, oh, okay. Is that better? I think it's when I, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, your bandwidth is not that great, so you keep going in and out. <laughs> is, this, is this better? Right now it is. Right now it is. <laughs> okay, my apologies. So for no, those of you... just, that's the nature of the internet. It's a wonderful gift, but at the same time, it's temperamental. I kind of live in... Um, a, a, a building that time forgot. We tried to get an updated yeah. wireless here and yeah. all around us is very advanced tech. And I'm in the basement of this condo building. Like yeah. it's like, I step back in time. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I was there until a few months ago until I changed server. Um, you know, it was almost like dial-up speed. So yeah, <laughs> eight hours swap load of show. So yeah, I know. But you know, I think that the in embracing each other's culture is because that's your heredity. You know, that is yeah. who you are. I, and I am blue eyed white, you know, yeah. I'm from Viking descent. And you know, yeah. um, when you look at how the Vikings were, you know, maybe that's not something to be proud of, um, <laughs> but they were warriors and then they constantly right. fought for something. And, and it's, but you still got to own you who you are from the inside out. The outside of you is representing you um, at face value, literally. And if it, this yeah. whole thing about, 
you know, uh, color coding people into a box and saying, well, you, you're there. My children are half Chinese, mm. right? They're half half. Interesting. And, and, you know, it, I look upon them as my children, as human beings, as people. I don't see one half Chinese, one half English. You know, it's, right. they, I always say actually the, the Chinese added definition to the Western and the Western softened the Chinese. So, you know, the, a beautiful merge of it. Isn't that something? Uh, that, you know, it's, it's not, um, I didn't marry my husband uh, because he, oh, he's Chinese, oh, this would be fun, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know it's a new project. Yay. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, you, you, you go with the heart. And I think this whole stigma, and when, as you say, we don't see the representation in books. We don't see the representation. I'm a spiritual person. I'm a spiritualist, but what do you see represented of spiritualism? Cultism. Yes, 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 yes. You know, and fanaticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see that being represented because that's ignorance. That's somebody putting out that brush. And why are we doing that? Because there's an underlying message. Oh, you must hate this person because. Yes. And that message needs to be deleted. I don't care if you're black, white, polka dot. Yes. I don't care. It's that learning to love each other because we care for each other that is important. Or that we, we were given this giant, watery rock of a planet with all of this diversity for a reason. Yes. And I think that the creator, the powers that be, whatever you believe in, would be so insanely disappointed yes. to find that out of this huge world that we have one thing or one race or one belief system that we absolutely adhere to and everything else is wrong. Right. I'm sure the creator's like, dang, okay, let me get this straight. So basically you guys are like, this is like the, this is like the menu at, at the flipping cheesecake factory, but you guys come here and order lemon water every single week. Like what the hell? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Dip in the smoker's board. Try a little of something. Right. You like everything, right. but be adventurous. Be wondrous. Blow your mind. Yes. <laughs> right. You know, and it's, yeah. And, and that those limited beliefs and that limited thinking is an unwillingness to expand. And that also comes very much from the fear and control, the expectation how they've been brought up. Children are not born races. Children are not born to see differences. They yes. connect on a vibration of each other and yes. along comes the adults oh you can't play with that person because you know and where the ones that are from where did that belief come in right we need yeah. to look at all these underlying beliefs and get rid of them so we, we diverse away from your books <laughs> Can you but you know it? it's, it's not a, it, it's not because i'll tell you the book is about a little girl fairy who grows up in southern Louisiana in the bayou with her fairy tribe and all the other fairies don't have any patience for her because she's a terrible flipping fairy. She just doesn't like doing the things they do. She can't do the things they do. She openly admits she doesn't like doing the things they do, but she likes to swim and, and she has one good friend who's a catfish named Monsieur Bonchance and and this is all steeped in Creole culture because that's where my mother's side of the family is from. And so I'm celebrating yes. the gumbo mishmash of the racial crazy that makes up our family in Louisiana. And she is 
very unhappy. And the, the fish tells her these stories all the time of the sea. He himself, he says, he admits he's never been there. He's a, he's a bayou born catfish, but he always tells her these stories and he says he knows that it's out there. And she says she thinks she should be at the ocean. And he goes, you know, maybe you should. So one night at a dance where all the other fairies are having a rollicking good time and there's Creole, you know, there's Zydeco music playing and, and she's just underneath a little wilted dandelion trying to hide, hide her light. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's like there and her sisters who are very kind and supportive of her try to coax her out. And she's like, no, I don't want to go out there. And her fairy godmother appears and her fairy godmother shares with her that she needs to be brave and seek what she wants in the world and hands her an amulet. And that's where the story really begins. And everything in the story is my love letter to uh, three messages are told in the story very strongly. The first is uh, as, as crazy as it sounds, be brave mm -hmm. because there's so many things out there these days that can eat you or kill you, or, you know, yes. or, especially for a little tiny fairy of, of normally small size that can't right. fly very well. Right. You, know, you gotta be brave. And then you gotta, you gotta seek what you want. And the world is big on purpose. I believe because everybody has a place in it. Yeah. And it's said very plainly in the book, the world is vast on purpose. So if you're not, Finding your tribe where you are, your mission then is to go find your tribe, right? And so she goes on her quest. And, uh, and then the last message is, it's going to get tough, just like they always do. But all great adventurers share one very important trait. They never turn back. Mm -hmm. So those are the three messages that are in the book. It's my love letter to children right now. I don't care who you are or how many gifts you've been given in the world. At some point or another, everyone gets their metal tested and some unfortunately give up the fight. Yeah. And this is my message to you to not give up. You know, you Period. could be writing that story of me. You know, I was the, uh, the, uh, the black sheep of the family, the odd one out. You know, yeah. um, I'm a true colors coach. And, you know, I was the, the screaming blue constantly going with the wind huh. the air and the moving. And, and they were all structured and rooted and grounded. And, and it's like, why can't you settle down? Why can't you do this? And it's just like, I'm a knowingness person. I have to go with the knowingness. I have to go with the way the wind uh -huh. takes me. And so I was completely the oddball out. And, and that has been me through my life. And mm -hmm. you know, that feeling guilty of that, I should conform, I should do this, I should do that, until I realized I am what I am, as Popeye says, and I'm okay who I am. And, and yes. just to embrace who I am and let myself go, allow, allow yes. myself go. So that story could be written about me completely. And I, and I know with many, many a child out there, however old they are, it's yes. talking about them. <laughs> I won't lie. It, it is, it is unabashedly the me story that I, and, but here's what's so cool. It's just what you shared. I have never named the fairy. Why? Because yeah. she is you. She's, yes. I want every child to look at that fairy and go and read the story and go, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The fairy's me. And yeah. everyone's like, well, what's the fairy's name? I'm like, your name. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I love that you shared that cause you get it. You get it in your soul. That's, yeah. that's you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, it, what you're doing is giving permission. Permission to be you. It, you don't have to conform. You don't no. have to comply. There is nothing wrong with you. Oh, you just seek no. a different path in life. 
And what happens is, and I'm not going to give away the ending, but what happens is, is that when she does indeed find her destiny, all of the things that supposedly made her such a bad fairy yeah. makes her this thing perfectly. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. So. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, if we're trying to live by somebody else's idea of perfection, oh, you know, yeah. we are constantly going to let ourselves down and everybody else down around us. If we go with the flow, if we allow ourselves to take the journey and in our own self-discovery, discover what our beautiful instrument is and find our orchestra to belong to, now we really yeah. do understand what our purpose is and we find passion and conviction and, and compassion in it. And that's yes. where we stepped into ourselves. Yes. Amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that. And I will share one more thing about the beauty of this book is I ran a Kickstarter for it. It funded very successfully because I had the help of a very dedicated group of champions who were as diverse as you could possibly be. And I did a, I did a postmortem. I looked at my numbers. Uh, not that this is going to be an indication of more love of who loves me more, or it more, but it's just kind of an interesting anecdote that the people who gave the most to this project per person on average were white male veterans how beautiful right you know i i have a veteran show and i've interviewed an awful lot of veterans and that makes sense because in you know as a veteran what are you having to do it is all about conformity yes. you know it always about structure about obeying about doing about the expectation on you yes. If then you, you stand course, out, that's a bad thing. Right. Yeah. Unless, you know, that you're then the Navy SEAL or right. you're, you know, your special ops, because then you're literally living on the intuition. You have your knowledge to, to draw back on, but it's intuitive. It's right. quick right. reactionary. And that fits in with my true colors thing of each personality oh. and exactly what they do. But I can understand them, them wanting to do this because in so many of them, they want to break that conformity. They want to have that voice that they were never allowed to have. And, yes. you know, you know, older white males, all males, you know, I remember waking up one day again, I've got to do a show and not bashing males because it is the <laughs> movement of women. But we've got to understand the males have been taught by the males for eons. Mm -hmm. We're asking them to change like that. Oh, yeah. We have yeah. to show them the path. We have right. to show them why they should take this part. We have to show them the benefits of respecting women, of respecting their own individualism, of, yes. of harmony between colors, races, yes. sexes, and understand Absolutely. that's really where the true enrichment is. Not just expect it of them right now, you know, because they're only doing what they've been taught, what's always I, been done. Can I also add to that? I think that it's sad when I see a, a, a man trying to engage in a very hard conversation, yeah. like whether it's me too or whatever, and then get ripped apart yes. because of the language he's using. Honey, child, I'm like, what is wrong with you guys? They are trying to have the conversation. They don't yet have the perfect yes. language, but yes. they're opening their daggone mouths and right. having the conversation. So, you know, give them a little break. You yeah, know, and maybe, maybe say to them if they're using language, you know, maybe you could try saying this instead. Yeah. Guide yeah. them, guide them through the process. So what do you really mean by this? And letting them go deeper in the thought. You know, don't right. just, you know, throw them out with the bathwater because, you know, oh, they're male and they said this, you know. And it's tolerance yeah. is something that we have to have a lot of patience and tolerance, right? Yes. I mean, I'm intolerant of cruelty. Yes. No matter what it is. If, if you're cruel, 
um, and, and you're harming somebody, especially out of your own pleasure or even your yes. own grief. You know, you're imposing mm -hmm. that on other people. I have an intolerance for it. I will help you through it if you so wish. But most of the time, people who do that don't want the help. They are inflictors. Yes. Um, but, you know, for, for everyone else that's going through life that wants to change, that wants to, um, wants to explore what other options are out there, we have got to be open to, yeah. with that dialogue and not be dictatorial about it, but be invitational about it. I'll give you, I'll give you a point of view because there were some um, really kind people who um, were chiming in about the shooting that we had down here in Georgia and Brunswick, the, the man who unfortunately lost his life. And uh, some people were saying on Facebook, that's horrible, that's horrible. And I said, and in this day and age that kept popping up in this day and age, I said, listen, let me just share with you guys a point of view. Slavery is how old in this country? How old is the civil rights movement? I mean, for goodness sakes, my stepfather was a key part of the civil rights movement in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Uh, and he is now in his 80s. So in his lifetime, he has had to drink from the black water fountain. And you're saying in this day and age, yeah. with surprise? No, honey. We're still waking up to it. Yes. It's going to be there. I want it to be here now. Sure, I do. But it's not going to be here now. No. It's coming. It's generational change. Exactly. I lived in South Africa. One of the reasons I left was male chauvinism and apartheidism. Interesting. I, just, I couldn't wow. live with that anymore. And uh, apartheid broke down, you know, after I had left. And, and it's going through all the transition where, you know, the scales mm -hmm. go too much to one side and before there is an equilibrium. And it takes a gen at least two, maybe even three generations before you right. start seeing the change. Now, 40 years ago, if you said there would be a black president in America, you would have been laughed at. Right. Mm -hmm. And look, mm -hmm. you've had one. And God, don't we wish we had him right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the thing is, nothing is impossible. Nothing right. is impossible. What we've got to do is work to the solutions. We know what the problem is. It's a lack of education. It's a lack of understanding. It's a lack of compassion. And it's a great deal to do with fear-driven. So if we can change the dialogue through children's books, through yes. conversation, through art, mm -hmm. through the expectation, <clears throat> and the expectation being, please step into your heart, please step into your compassion, see me not as a person of quote, quote, color, but see me as a person and mm -hmm. know me from the inside out, you will see we are not that much different, so stop being afraid of me. And this is the dialogue that, but that's going to be, you know, generation after generation. You look back on your parents' generation, your grandparents' generation. Yes. Each generation has had a progress, but there's still a hell of a long way to go. And what am I hearing? I'm hearing you say, allow. Yes. Allow, there allow, allow, allow. Allow. <laughs> there to be the space for something that you're not used to or accustomed to. Yeah. But allow that to be and learn. And who knows, you may end up. Yeah. may end up having these incredible relationships that are, you know, friendships with these folks you never a million years would have sat next to. Right. Yeah. Because it's, aren't we all just trying to get through life? Aren't we all trying to find some form of thrive in life? Aren't we all trying to find, you know, our purpose for being here? It took me 50 something years to get there. You know, it's a, it, we're all looking for that. And the more we encourage each other and support each other and stop putting these barriers of, of 
of color, of economics, of education, of um, you know, zip codes and everything else in the way and just look at each other. You yes. know, at the beauty is that you're not going to love or like everyone. That's no. okay. But who no, are you to damn everyone? Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing too, is that if you are looking for one thread of commonality, here it is. I grew up in a food family. Oh, by the way, my dog's about to start barking because my relative's coming through the door and my little tiny dog feels like he's Cujo and he must protect me at oh, all. Oh, right. Yes. So if you hear barking, that's yeah, not Yeah, no, no. He's doing his job. <laughs> he's wagging his tail. Okay. So he recognizes but here's the thread. If you want to sit down and, and you're like, I have nothing in common with these folks. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Every culture has a dumpling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Your job then is to find out what dumpling is in that culture or that, or that person or that culture that you don't understand. Right. I'll tell you in French and Creole society, we have beignets and beignets can be savory or sweet. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you've never had a savory beignet, honey, you are missing out. So find the dumpling from that person that you don't identify with. And then at least over that, you guys can bond, right? Yeah. I mean, my family is all about food. Oh, I know. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a foodie. My, my son has a restaurant. I'm a foodie. He was brought up a foodie and I've owned restaurants as well. Um, food for me is like breaking bread around the table, eating a good meal, being with good company. It doesn't just yes. feed the body. It feeds the soul. And, mm-hmm. you know, so there's nothing better. And that's something I'm missing in this lockdown right now is, is sitting at the table with people and, and having a good meal and a good conversation. Um, and you know, that's, that is something that it, it ignites all of our senses. Yes. 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 I mean, I was laughing because I made the British version of, of breakfast the other day. I had my beans with my uh, mushrooms and my tomato and my, and, or as they say, tomato and my, and my eggs. And, and, and my husband looked at me and he said, have you lost your damn mind? I was like, yeah, pretty much. But I also am making the British version of breakfast and the grilled toast. I was like, yes. toast is not what we do here where we stick it in the machine and it comes out gnarly. I said, it's good. It's grilled. <laughs> I love it. I'm a toast. Were, I'm a toast person. <laughs> it's art, right? Yes. Like, let's go over that sometime. Yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. No, no, my, my son, even for one Mother's Day, bought me jam and toast, you know, <laughs> because um, the, the British thing. Yeah, no, no, I love my, you know, I love my toast with a little butter and a little jam or a little honey on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that's the thing is uh, there's always something from our culture that we grew up with that stays with us forever. And why can't we share that? You know, somebody's right. never had toast. You've got to try right. toast. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But when I was a kid, like I was thinking that I should be, you know, a little bit embarrassed about being having family in Louisiana. And as I got older and older and listened to the music, the food, the flavors, mm. the sights, the sounds, you know, mm. you, there's there's certain animals you don't see except yes. only in Louisiana. The cypress trees, the way that the Spanish moss hangs down, the 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 Atchafalaya is a huge character in the book, and that is in a very endangered but largest wetland. Uh, I think in the world, but it may, I know for a fact in the United States, it's the largest wetland that we have and what a rich resource it is. And so these are things to be proud of, you yeah. know, and I don't care who you are, be proud. And then what's behind the pride is love. Yes. If you love yourself and where you come from, you can easily communicate that love to others and help them love it too. Right. I'm corny. I think that the vibration of caring, kindness, compassion, and love is the frequency we should all work on and that yeah. if we are stepping we step into that in truth then that love vibration resonates out in a frequency that embraces everyone 
around absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, you know, it, love is all. Love yes. is all. Yes, it absolutely is. But you can't have love of life or love in life until you find that love of self. And that love of self is that permission to allow yourself to be different, to explore, and to become what you were designed to do by God's design. Absolutely. I told my own mother, I said, I know why I'm here on this planet now. She laughed. She said, it's about daggone time. But then she was like, <laughs> hey, yeah, it's okay. Life is a process. It's a journey, you know? It is a journey. But yeah. she said, I knew it all along, Erica. You just had to know it. Yeah. And I was like, that's very Wizard of Oz, mom. But yes, you're absolutely right. Because yeah. she could have, she told me until she was blue in the face, you're a writer, you're an artist, yeah. you're talented, you're awful, you know, you're amazing, not you're awful, but you're amazing, <laughs> you're a wonderful, I was trying to say you're a wonderful daughter, it came out awful. Um, <laughs> an offer to. An But it took me what? How many decades? And that's, that's okay. I yes. think it just took me that a little bit longer than maybe some would expect for me to understand that truthfully. Well, you said you wrote that book with you in mind. And so, you know, now what you're doing for other children is say, don't wait these four decades or five decades or six decades, Absolutely. you know, just step into it now. You know, yeah. you're going to go through trials and tribulations in life. Every single one of them is, is a redirect and a lesson learned. And it's about finding your strength, finding your courage, finding your purpose, finding your yes. passion. And yes. the more you're willing to walk it, the more you're going to discover more about yourself, your abilities. Because again, we're, we're dictated by this piece of paper. Do you have a, a degree? Do you have a <laughs> diploma? That are you important? You know, I've got the behind my name. But you know, as far as I'm concerned, if you don't have the wisdom to know how to use the knowledge, the knowledge is just knowledge. Exactly. Oh, 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 my favorite, favorite quote from a movie, A Bronx Tale. The most common waste is wasted talent. Yes. And I know so much is wasted. bag and groceries, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, and, you know, I know so many people who went and got their degrees to appease the family and, yeah. and walked away from, you know, from that very thing because it just wasn't them. You know, and it's yeah. like, we cannot be, you know, if our parents, for whatever reason, did not leave, live up to their own, their own journey, they can't impose it on the child. The child must have their own journey. This yes. is what they're here for. It's not, you know, oh, I, I didn't get to do this, so you've got to do it. No. Right. Like that. Yeah. And that's why I like books, because books, it's like a message from another person that you'll never meet saying, it's okay. Yes. Yes. It's going to be and as I said, you know, the kid reading it, but then the parent reading it, it then becomes, you see the inspiration it is to the child. You now can back that inspiration up. You can support it. And you can also have a good look at yourself and go, you know, maybe I was meant to be a sea creature. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of suck at being a fairy too, huh? Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I grew up, you know, really throwing it out there, bizarre for people. Yeah. I was a very sickly child, so I'm very dimensional, going up into different dimensions, but I grew up playing with dead people. You know, for me, why right. doesn't everybody else see them? I, right. you know, I see fairies in various places. I That's literally awesome. see them. Um, but fairies will only allow you to see them if they want you to see them. But, right. we, you know, for us to be 
ignorant and arrogant to think we are the only species on this planet. There are so many wonderful, what we call mythical creatures that are real. And whether they're in this dimension or another dimension, they're here to show us. And the more we're willing to open up to that wonderment and even the truth of it, it's, yes. you know, that is what's going to help propel us for the moment we go, well, you know, I can't see them. I can't touch them. Therefore, they'll not be. But you go to church, you speak to God. Do you touch him? Right. He can't touch you until you open up. And the fairies can't touch you until you open up. You can't feel anything until you're willing to open up and allow that. And then when it touches you, you have touched it. I have to share with you one thing that you, I'm so glad you shared that because I had a friend who said, oh, you're writing a book about fairies. There's no such thing as fairies in America. And I looked at him and said, oh, dear, sweet boy, go do some research. <laughs> I said, every culture has mythology around little people, yes. every culture. So yes. if this is such a made up thing, how come the uh, American native and in indigenous tribes have fairies? Mm -hmm. How come they have this term for little people? How come different tribes had different terms for little people? Like, honestly, would they have bothered again? <laughs> like, if it wasn't Oh, it's paganism, fairy. you know? Right? Yeah. Like, every culture has, just like a dumpling, they've all got a fairy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, all of these wonderful oh. mythical creatures, there, yeah. there is, the thing is, if you can think it and you can put it out there, there is a basis of truth in it. Mm -hmm. Right? And I also will tell you this, uh, Sarah, things will go missing or it started mm -hmm. to go missing when I started working on the book. Yes. And I read somewhere that it was the fairies playing tricks on me. They weren't very happy with me. I wasn't giving them anything. I was too busy marketing them, but I was, and I was borrowing from their culture. So I started to do what they were, what you're supposed to do is leave out a little gift. So I left them a little gift of milk and they left me alone, but they were yeah. hiding my keys there. And I know yes. I yes. am mentally paused. Okay. Admission. I am mentally paused, but I literally would put my keys on the counter, turn around and they'd be gone. And I was like, Oh, the fairies. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then I told Scott about it, my husband, and he was like, yeah, that's been happening to me too. I was like, we need to put something out for the fairies, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciation. Oh, Appreciation. yeah. There is actually, I can't remember his name right now, and I normally have his book by me, but it's in storage right now. A, a most brilliant um, artist of the fairies. And he literally entuned with the fairies for the fairies to tell them tell him the description of who they are the characteristics and everything else and he did the art around it and it's absolutely exquisite Belins with b or g and i just kind of haven't got it right now and it's okay. absolutely incredible when you remember please tell me because i do want to uh, i do want to check it out oh um, he does an entire book about the characteristics around each of the fairies and wow. and does a drawing on each one of them and it is absolutely beautiful but I, the name is over there <laughs> it's not over here right now um but absolutely beautiful um and you know i love i love mythical what we call mythical stories because for me that's where reality is um mm -hmm. you know uh, my brother as it says a youth writer and he writes a lot about different dimensions and different um you know different uh, mediums and i i love it I soak it up you know and i was a harry potter yeah. geek my kids laughed at me because i'm curled up on the chair reading the book get your own supper right? <laughs> yeah. yeah and one of my other favorite books is uh, the golden compass northern lights love philip Pullman's oh. trailman oh i love oh. it and the dark the uh, the dark materials that they're doing on the show right now I love that he made Lyra a liar because yes. that was me as a kid. Kids yeah. with great imaginations, we would tell some whoppers. Yes. So I totally yes. got 
he made her dimensional that way by not having her so perfect. Right. I yes. love that about yeah. her. And I right. also right. love him for me that really connected was having your soul on your outside as an animal. <laughs> and that, you know, when you reach puberty, it becomes the animal of your soul. And for me, yeah. it was, oh, I'm so envious. I wish my soul was there that could speak in this way instead of me having to go in and listen to it, you know, <laughs> that it's there. And I was, I want one. <laughs> I, know. I know. I want pan. Yeah, but exactly. I I think that my little, my little four leg like Boomer, for example, he is my little four-legged heart and he yes. does understand English and he knows my mindset when oh, yeah. I'm depressed or yeah. uh, concerned or stressed. He absolutely does in yeah. a sense, but you're right. I wish yeah. I had that too. Well, um, two years after I read that book um, and I got divorced and, and um, to replace my husband, I got a dog, a border collie oh. and to my little Kokomo and I had her for 14 and a half years and she was my bestie. I mean, she oh. just knew me inside and out. She went everywhere with me. And this, you know, even now it's been three years and, and I could still feel her. In fact, she's on the mug over here, um, oh. you know, and, and that, that connection that we had was it's just tragic. such a beautiful bond. You know, it didn't matter who else took her for walks or did anything. She was a mama's girl. And um, yeah, just, I miss that. <laughs> I miss that a lot. So, yeah. But this is the thing. It doesn't matter how old you are. You know, no. you know, if, oh, children's books are for children. Can't swallow. No. You're going to no. learn something. You're going to ignite the child within you. Because I'm, you know, I think every insecure person out there has a lost child within them. And the more we Absolutely. can see that child, the better they're going to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. 1,150,000%. I know my mouth is wonky, but yes. <laughs> so that's, this is this book. When is it coming out? So that is the million dollar question because right before the pandemic hit, we were on schedule to come out in March. Now it's looking like more towards the middle of June, mm -hmm. which actually, here we go again with fairies and how the universe likes to work. Inter or international fairies, is it national? Or inter I think it's national uh, fairy day here in the United States. I believe it's June 24th. Aha. So I have to do it. I have the intention that the book will be out two weeks before that because I want to celebrate the book. And there's a lot of brouhaha. For example, there is an element I didn't even share, which is um, once again, exercising the wonderment of the book. There's actually a treasure hunt mm. with riddles and clues inside the book. Uh, I borrowed liberally from the idea from Kit Williams, who's one of my favorite uh, children's book authors. Hold on for one quick second. Uh, my housemates are, are unaware that I'm uh, broadcasting, so I was trying to share that with them. Um, so we're looking at probably around June 15th, to be honest. And I was at this point of despair. And so what I did was, because my Kickstarter tribe has been so amazing and supportive and kind and everything else, I'm going to be releasing the ebook out to them in the next week. It was supposed to go out last week, and then I had a technical thing happen. <laughs> and... Uh, and then I'm going to send it to my tribe and that will enable them to see um, the book before it's printed. And like you, I love the printed page. And like yes. you, I love that excitement of cracking open that binding yeah. and yeah. Whoo, you're gone. Yeah. Like goodbye. Yeah. Where'd she go? Yeah, but I do exactly. want them to feel honored because they, they are the heart and soul of how this book was able to, um, they're the doulas of the book. Okay. Right. They, they help birth yeah, it. So. Exactly. I'll use I, it on my web, website, the link, and you can pre-order as of next week. And then the, the website is? Oh, it's my, uh, <laughs> my peachy portrait. So I do pet portraits. Um, and that is Wonderful. my bread and butter. 
so www.peach e peach like you eat the letter e as in erica that's me paw like a paw print traits t-r-i-t-s dot com and i think i'll send you that link sarah could you post it on the yes end of the- we post it here in the video and of course people can find it back on the posting that's fantastic media. just put in your name so the full name is erica ramsey bowen and they just put in your name and your show will come up and everything will be on there, um, oh, including the, the book cover and where to order yeah. it and everything else. And you know what would be really cool right now, especially as we're still in lockdown and it's going to be increased for longer, which it should be because this virus is not over yet, is Amen. even reading you know, part of the chapters just uh, on Facebook every day a little bit. Um, just to you know, drop it down there for people and uh, you know, uh, just you're not the whole book. Just some teases. And no, uh, the, um, uh, my dear friend Emily, who is one of the fairy tribe, uh, the Kickstarter support team that I call the fairy tribe, she is an educator in North Carolina. Shout out to you, Emily. And she read chapters one and two to her little people uh, last week. And she did a beautiful, beautiful job. So it's, it's, it's going out there. And I love it when other people are reading the book. Like mm. that is everything to me. So okay. I, uh, will be sharing and also i was on uh dreama gorham who has an organization called burst into books out of chicago illinois i read one of my works in progress was the little fairy but i read oh by the way the title of the book is the little bayou fairy the little bayou fairy so you can also go to littlebayoufairy.com and there will be information there as well but dreama shout out to you as well because i read one of my works in progress on her show so i'm probably going to come back and read chapters one and two so that people will start to acquaint themselves with her. But that little fairy something, she's all over the place. She's right. making her way around. So. Uh, as fairies do. Mm-hmm. Yes, as fairies they do. do. Um, you know, the, the, the other thing right now is, you know, normally I say to people, you know, birthday gifts and, and Christmas gifts, excellent gift books because they go on forever. But, you know, while we're in this lockdown, while we're still in this unsure times, this is a perfect time to get the book, you know, to book it yes. ahead of time. Um, because... You know, the people are running out what to do with their kids, you know, and the fact that you've got a treasure hunt in it and, you know, don't make it easy. Right. Well, good, good, because that extends the story of the book. But I think it's also a great time, as I said, that, you know, I always had round tables for dinner. And, oh, uh, and it was conversation. And, you know, what, yeah. what does the book mean to you? You know, which fairy did you see yourself as? You know, uh, oh, what would wow. you like That's to do? Because now you're giving your children permission right. to explore. And we know children are going to be 10 million things before they finally find something that calls to them. By yeah. allowing them to dive into this, you know, a, a fairy today, a fireman tomorrow, you know, a, a this to that. It, it allows their creativity to explore. And then yes. when they find something that really go, oh, I really want to do this, you know, then you can get really behind them because you've allowed them to explore. Please don't cut their wings. Please yes. oil, oh them. oil them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Or if you have a little fairy that's stumbling around and isn't in sync with the others, yes. have a conversation with them. Exactly. What do you enjoy? Exactly. We do not have to be like everyone else. The most beautiful yeah. thing is somebody who is imperfect because they are perfectly themselves. Always. It's interesting that you say that too, because my next book project is actually <laughs> with a person who has a child who has special needs and the child is amazing. <laughs> amazing. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go ahead and spill the beans, Pam. Uh, she's working on a book and he is, I asked her to sit down with him yesterday and ask him 
what some of the plot should be for the book since it was his initial idea for the hero. The hero is called Mashup because he mashes up two superheroes into one. And I was like, that is amazing. Yes. I would have never thought of that. Yeah. And so yeah. like, that's our next pet project is about this little child who's, he's special needs, but that's like, that's like the most irrelevant part of him. Like the part yeah. that he's coming up with these amazing things that he's doing out in the world. And that was like, oh. Yeah, it's like somebody else who is a child educator. We did a show not on children with disability, differently abled. Differently abled, thank you. Yes. And that's the other thing is that I'm learning these languages as I'm approaching folks who I have never spoken with before. And I was talking to her yesterday and I'm learning these languages and these things and these experiences because she was also sharing some things with me that she was going through with the pandemic that's unique for people who have children who are differently able, I would never have realized it, but these Zoom calls don't necessarily work for them, mm. which everyone is relying on to educate their children. And I'm going, holy crap, I didn't realize that. And she's like, well, you wouldn't unless you had a child that was right. differently abled. So, you know, I'm having these conversations and learning these languages and learning about these new things that are existing right here in my own backyard. And I had no idea. And I'm yeah. so grateful for that. Right. You know? I mean, we never stop learning. We're never too old to learn. We're never right. too old to wonder. You know, it, right. we must be right. this wandering soul because this wandering soul is always inquiring, always intrigued, always moving forward. Life, the wind, the blood within mm -hmm. us, the oxygen, the waters, they are constantly in flow. We are not designed to be stagnant. No, we're not. Wow. Hmm. That shivers. That was good. <laughs> Wow, I'm going to take a sip of my Arnold Palmer here. <laughs> I finished my coffee now. Mm. Lemonade and tea is like the best. Hello. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I love children's books. I love watching a child read a book or come alive through a story, find themselves in it. But I especially love how the parents find themselves in a child's story and so this isn't just for the kids this is no. for grandma for auntie for uncle for the parents whoever's reading that book to them and as i suggest please read the book even if your child can read on their own please read the book yourself because now you can ignite that conversation you can ignite that wonderment you can yes. inspire that creativity in them and it's not just a book next you know, it's a right. story they can relate to. It's a story that you can, that you can be creative with and beyond the book because the book is just that catalyst of wonderment. Yeah, I mean, we, we are in the middle of slowing down significantly. I do not doubt there are parents who are sitting down with their child and for the very first time, maybe in a long time, mm -hmm. really getting to know who that tiny person is and, uh, and maybe shocked and surprised in a very pleasant way that their child has layers and depth to them they have no idea. And I'll tell, I'll tell you one other thing that happened that was so cool was I tested the riddles out on a key trusted group of constituents, my fairy tribe. One of them has a child who has high, as they, they, I hate that phrase high functioning, but she is autistic, she is extraordinary. And so I tested the riddle out with her and her mom. I tested the riddle out with a seven-year-old and her mom. And I tested out the riddles with another child who is what they call reading reluctant. I've never heard of that, but, uh, and I, I was a fly on the wall. I could 
generations, the daughters and the, and they just happen to be girls, but honestly, this is for any, anybody. Um, the daughters and the moms were having these incredible conversations, cracking the riddles, right? Mm -hmm. And the way that the daughters were arriving to their logic versus the moms and their logic. And I was just blown away because there was this whole conversation happening that probably normally would not happen. And this is pre-COVID, by the way. Yeah. So yeah. this is when you have everything happening and all kinds of distractions and we've got to go over here for soccer practice and we've got to go there in time to make yeah. sure we're there for that meeting. And they slowed down and they sat there and had these in-depth conversations to get to the answer. And then the feeling of aha when they come to the answer yeah. and excitement was also something that was really cool. Yes. I'm looking forward to people having that experience. Yeah. Yes, I am looking forward to it too. And I think it's a great gift to hand out to people so they can pre-order now. Comes out very day yes. in June. Um, and the, the two sites again. So I think you've got one particular site for the book in, in particular, right? Yes. Yeah, Little Bayou Ferry. And by the way, that's spelled a little L-I-T-T-L-E Bayou, B-A-Y-O-U, Ferry, F-A-I-R-Y.com. When you go to the site, you'll know it immediately because you'll see her. She's wearing her little aviator hat, her little goggles. <laughs> She's got on her little old-fashioned striped swimsuit, her little brown fairy wings. You'll know her immediately. You'll say, oh, it's the right site. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello, I know you already. Yes, yes. And <laughs> I'm, glad you've, I'm glad that you've respected yourself in taking the journey that you were meant to take and having the courage to walk away from the, quote, security but, you know, yes, finances aside, we all need that. But when we, uh, when we step into something that enriches us and makes us abundant through the creativity, through the purpose, uh, we find the money to, to, to live on. And we realize we don't need as much because a lot of the time when you're doing something and you're unhappy, you spend more to try and fulfill the happiness. Oh, yeah. When you're doing something that's so abundantly happy, you don't need as much money because you're, you're already living in that abundance. So, you know, for other people who want to dive out into something, you know, like it's tugging at me, it's tugging at me, but, 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 you know, let go of the butt, snip mm -hmm. it, go with the flow, <laughs> allow, right? <laughs> and, uh, and explore because that's what you're yeah. here to do. You'll know you're on the right path when you find yourself working harder than you've ever worked for less money you've ever made possibly. I'm, I don't create, I'm creating wealth and abundance, but if, yes. if you do, yeah. you don't mind it. And yep. you find yourself the healthiest and happiest you've ever been, you're on the right path. I didn't get yeah. sick one time this whole year and probably slept less than I ever have. But man, have I been and continue to be happy with the things that I'm able to create. It's a different world. And that cup runneth over. That sheer yes. joy, that abundance runs off onto other people. We're looking at e-commerce in a different way. It's not about mm -hmm. the dollar. It's no. about the joy of life it's about love and you know mm -hmm. the more you love something the more you share that love and the more love becomes the e-commerce of the world yes absolutely money is just a tool right amen mm -hmm. so let the creativity fly go and book this book right now uh, what a wonderful gift to your children what a wonderful gift to you as a, as a parent or a grandparent or uncle or aunt or a caregiver or whatever the case might be take the journey with your child explore with your child and let your inner child come out learn from your children you're not just here to dictate yeah. your children what they're meant to do learn from them they've got so much to teach you and wow. step into their wonderment, their journey, and let it ignite something within you. Because that is the 
the art of allowing, isn't it? Taking yes. the journey. <laughs> Absolutely. Play. Go play. 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 We've, we've forgotten how to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is the perfect time. Play, play, play. Go and have fun. Play. Thank you so much, love. This has been wonderful having you on mm. here. Thank you, Sarah, from the bottom of my heart and on behalf of my little tribe of fairies. And I look forward to when the book comes out and we'll be blasting it out everywhere. You know, it's got to be read. Got to be read. <laughs> yes. Oh, and one little help, helpful little hint. The treasure is not technically buried anywhere, so it's a safe thing to look for. Don't worry. Kids are not going to go run around digging up yards or <laughs> hopping on planes and flying Louisiana. So parents, I'm very very clear about that in the book it's in the fairy realm they have to submit the correct answer to get the, the treasure so right exactly go. and, and ooh, <laughs> another realm Woo! <laughs> exactly thank you sarah so oh, much oh it so exists it so exists and when we step out of our heads and we come from our heart soul and spirit uh, we understand there is so much more out there than we have than we have allowed ourselves to believe just step into that belief and open up and just see the wonderment and explore and don't be afraid to explore fairies do exist thanks so much eric love erica take care thank look you. forward to the book coming out and uh, we'll be sharing this out like crazy because uh, i want everyone to read it parents included yay thank you bye everyone until next time folks remember keep the creativity and the wonderment alive we're not just here to reach a certain pitch and that's it. No, spread your wings, fly like the fairy and see where it takes you. Until next time, bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows. Please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see the incredible lineup of genres and shows that we have for you. We are here to make a difference in your life. Thank you for listening.